Hello and welcome to Everybody Wants to Love You. Hello, I'm also here. It's me. It's Nicole. Hi. I notice you're doing a special intro accent. I do. It's from years of practice. Well, what do we have to tell the listeners, Nicole? What we wanted to say quickly before the episode starts is that you can email us at everybodywantstolovepod at gmail.com or we're also over at Instagram. Instagram.com forward slash loveyoupod. Yeah, so this is a very interesting episode uh, with uh, an interesting guest who shall be called... Petunia. Petunia. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those situations where we recorded the show, we offered anonymity, it was not taken, but afterwards, you'll understand why um, she decided she wanted to be anonymous. And it was my favorite episode that we've done so far. Mine too. Very sexy, very flirtatious, very fun. And, and then she disappeared off into the night, never to be seen from again. We're so grateful to her. So, Petunia, if you are listening. <laughs> if you're out there somewhere, I hope you're well. Enjoy the show. Yo, not gonna lie. This sound gets me hard as a fucking rock. Yo! I'm afraid so, Brad. But isn't it nice? I'm very shallow and empty, and I have no ideas and nothing interesting to say. And I'm exactly the same way. If I had a steak, I would fuck it. But that steak sound never before speaks of a latency period. Cucking. I love that. I actually have, I that's cucking. one of my... It's your fetish? To, to cook or to be cooked? Uh, to be cocked, I think, which, if I'm correct, means like you might see a partner having sex with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes you a cock queen. Yeah, I think I have a, yeah. And definitely in a previous relationship, I've fantasized about my partner. Wow. Yeah, that's think, super rare. Yeah, and I think it's because it's like this fear of inadequacy that then is like realized. And, but then because it's consensual and maybe I'm kind of into it, then it's kind of okay that I'm inadequate. Oh my God. It's kind of okay that I'm inadequate. Yeah, it's like, it's like it sexualizes your insecurities and makes it okay. Yeah. In a way. Oh, and also like, I'm not the crazy one. Like I am inadequate. But then, I don't know, maybe that's not healthy. I'm, it that, affirms it. Yeah. No, no, enjoy your symptoms, you know, Slavoj yeah. Žižek. You got to know yourself and enjoy your crooked symmetry. You know, enjoy your strangeness, enjoy your uniqueness. Don't, uh, don't twist yourself to conform to what you think yeah. you should be or enjoy. And I like um, OnlyFans, which is interesting, I think, as well, because I have opinions about OnlyFans. Oh, great. Okay, well, um, let's touch on all of those. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. nothing is off limits. Nothing is off limits, no. okay. Uh, yeah. Can I just love on you a little bit? You are so beautiful. <gasps> Stop it. Yeah. I like to think so. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> oh, you can stay. I'll, I'll make you my slave. <laughs> so you're listening to our podcast. I guess we've hey. already started it. Yeah. This is Everybody Wants to Love You, a discussion about love, sex, and other things that we should probably not talk about, but we do anyway. Yeah, because I think talking is great. I think conversation is great. I think nothing should be off limits. I think we should be free to discuss more taboo things because that's how we learn and we should we should ask questions. And those are the words of our guest today. I don't know, how do you, how do you want to be referred to? Well... <laughs> Uh, Petunia. The wonderful, interesting, fantastic. Petunia. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh my God. Thanks. The Carmen. No, I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Um, I love talking about weird shit. So let's, yeah. Yeah, Let's Let's do it. it. So what's our first topic, Nicole? Um, Okay. Well, we kind of started off already talking about cooking. Um, Well, I haven't 
participated physically in cucking myself. Boo. Name. <laughs> <laughs> so vanilla. But um, I did have fantasies once when I was dating an ex-girlfriend. I had fantasies of her with other women mm-hmm. and something about it was kind of exciting and like a little bit humiliating, but it was okay. And like, it wasn't bad and kind of made me think about what that actually is addressing perhaps. Yeah. Um, and maybe we should introduce if anyone doesn't know what cooking is. Ugh. Um, <laughs> cooking from what I know is like uh, when you're sexually attracted to the idea of your partner having sex with someone else, mm-hmm. whether do you have to be in the room witnessing it? I think there's a lot, you know, there's lots of varieties, right? It's like polyamory or something. There's like a million ways to be a cook, I guess. Yeah. There's a million ways to be a cook. It's yeah. very like an old country song. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like an internet kind of like insult. Like you, yeah, that kind of, that's how I found out what cooking was. Cause suddenly I was like, I, not me, but like guys that I knew like on the internet were something getting called cooks. And I was like, what the fuck is a cook? But I feel like the internet has led me to think that it's just, it's very much a male thing. So that's why I'm so excited at the idea that you've actually had some kind of fantasy cook. about it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. And I think, so not to disagree with you, because I'm not going to pretend I know anything about cucking. As I said, I've not actively participated Mm -hmm. but my understanding is it is differentiated from perhaps other kinks because a big part of cucking is about the humiliation Mm -hmm. and about the uh, inadequacy Mm -hmm. um and so yeah it's for example do you know hot wifing have you heard Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. which is maybe kind of similar but it's it's more like if you have a hot wife right hot wifing is more like you're into the fact that your partner is really hot yes and other people are attracted and they're in so it's more like look at how cool i am and we're all fucking my hot wife whereas cooking is more like you're kind of crying in the corner but getting off on it yes Mm -hmm. and i don't know why that appeals to me so much (laughs) (laughs) but um do you think it goes because this is a theory that i've read that it goes back to being cheated on and then like going through the trauma of that and like Mm -hmm. kind of fetishizing it in a way to like get through the real pain of betrayal and and loss and stuff yeah um and i think yeah possibly i i've definitely been cheated on in the past but i've never had like a very big relationship where that's been traumatic as such it's just something that's happened and like the ex that has done that i mean we're still friends i'll go to his gigs like so it's it's not not for you it's definitely not from some big like primal tragedy no and i i'll tell you what as well because this is probably relevant my parents are divorced Mm -hmm. by and large because my dad had an affair yeah so okay right we're getting psychoanalytic right now okay but i would i'd like to believe that it's not just like bam my dad had an affair and then my parents got divorced Mm. i'd like to i'd like to believe in father christmas but you know the evidence points to (laughs) yes (laughs) i'd like to believe that there were maybe issues before the affair and then my dad maybe didn't know how to communicate these and then you know Mm. but by and large my mother was betrayed and that's a huge part of like my life because my parents got divorced. When, blah, when you blah, put blah. it in that way, it sounds so epic. It's like, my mother was betrayed. I well, will slay the, you know. Well, she, she was, you know. I don't think anybody gets married thinking that they're going to get divorced. Unless um, they're like clinically depressed. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Let's do it again. I guess yeah. we're going to get divorced anyway. So while it's not been my trauma, it's been something close to me. Mm. And Interesting. I guess maybe in the back of my mind, it makes sense that anybody I date is 
obviously I'm not the only person they're going to find attractive. They've had previous partners. Mm-hmm. In my experience, they've had future partners as well. Cause Whoa, they're really time travelers. <laughs> well, but you know, it just seems like natural that there would be attraction for other people. Of course, of course. And that's something that I feel like we obviously try and avoid, especially in the early stages of a relationship. I've definitely felt like, you know, I'm like, oh my God, you're in that love ball. I but it's true. You don't, else. when you're in that, like, if you don't, I don't want to say this is absolutist, but like for me, in the first few months of dating someone, you literally can't see anyone else. You're like, mm-hmm. get back everyone else. I don't, this is like the person. Yeah. And you know, then the, the endorphins calm down a little bit and you're like, they're still amazing, but you're like, hmm, other, other people are sexy also. Yeah. Or like in this very modern trend of like dating people for six months, 12 months and not calling it a relationship. And it's like, why are we keeping all these options open or like online dating and, and apps? And there are lots of options. Mm-hmm. And so maybe for, for me with this fantasy of being a cut queen mm-hmm. um, is that like it's almost like it's inevitable that I don't want to say cheating per se. And what is cheating is obviously different for everybody and every couple. Mm-hmm. But maybe the idea that my partner will find other people attractive or want to sleep with other people is inevitable. So... You might as well own it. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. get off on it. Yeah. No, you say you say that with shame, but I don't think there's any shame in it. I mean, no. we all have fantasies, hidden or, re- or or articulated, that are fucking crazy. There's shit that I fantasize about with, during sex or masturbating that I would never talk about. Even, even you know, on the even on the podcast, oh, you know. Podcast. Yeah, be- because it, it's, it's meant to be a fantasy. It's not something I want to do. Or maybe there's other things. There's yeah, that's a big dip. But even the, even the things I want to do that I would be like, well, I might want to do that, but I, I'm not sure if I want to do it because in practice I might be like traumatized by it, you yeah. know? Because yeah. that's like what you're describing. That could be right. for you. It could be really hot, or it could be if you really did it, you could be like, oh shit, this is so dark. I want to right. jump out the window, you know? But I can totally understand why people are interested in it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think in America where a lot of this cook porn comes from yeah. there's a whole other really dark aspect we talked about this earlier to say yeah it's funny we were just talking about this earlier on but like in my experience if i've come across like cooking porn and it's i mean most porn you come across is american um there's like a racial element to it <laughs> that's one way to put it it's always like a white guy and it's always like two huge burly like vastly incocked black guys with the wife or more yeah yeah, you know, yeah that's like a big thing in america yeah like gangbanging as well i mean i w- i like gangbanging porn who yeah. does not like a good gangbang? i like gangbanging porn <laughs> i feel like it's been a while since i watched a gangbang porn but like I remember when I first started like really watching porn that was like it was like the ultimate thing like yeah. it was the most extreme thing it's yeah. tons of sex all at once tons of sex yeah. all at once yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great YouTube channel Ta- that should have been the name of the podcast tons of sex all at once <laughs> yeah but it's like in theory like I don't I don't know if I want to have sex with I don't even know if I want to have sex with one person mm. let alone like five people right, right. so the same with yeah cut queening it's like yes in my imagination it's hot and like i can mm-hmm. i just think maybe perhaps i was so attracted to this particular partner mm-hmm. that the idea of her having sex with anybody was a turn <laughs> that's so funny and also that's quite sweet it is quite <laughs> that's sweet. really sweet oh <laughs> yeah i am i think i am kind of sweet yeah no that is very oh, sweet yeah. do, do you know the term compersion 
Have you heard this? Oh, yeah. I think compersion, correct me if I'm wrong, is when you just want your partner to be happy and them being happy makes you happy, yeah, even if I, it doesn't involve you. Some people are just like sex people. Sex people. We talk about this a lot. We have hey, a friend who... Are you guys sex people? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're like aspirational sex people. Yeah, I mean, I would like to be more of a sex person, Oh, would you? Honest. Okay, I'd like to be more of a sex person too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like in a way, I mean like uh, one thing that we share in common. Petunia. That we're both... Well, I'm bisexual. I don't know how you want to define yourself. Self, but I say bisexual but it's like you could say that I'm a sex person because I'm like oh, I don't mind could be a man could be a woman could be a they you know yeah all that good stuff that's a big okay. di- we've talked about this before not to you can no. res- please respond but yeah. um I find that so interesting because to me attraction is like very like physical you know it's like appearance and movement and mm-hmm. voice it's not like like I, I don't have like a type like a locked in type but I couldn't be like attracted at all to someone who was very different from the kinds of things that I like okay sure Whereas so I find, you have a type well like like women generally and like yeah certain kinds generally. of generally well no I mean I mean the general category <laughs> of women <laughs> not generally women except for Jim but you know what I'm trying to say is like to me that's fascinating because like if you say you're pansexual or whatever term you want to use yeah, yeah. You, it just means that that's so much less important for you and that's really strange to me because yeah, it's like cool. so deep in me you know yeah yeah like I fancied when I was in play school I remember like and I mean two three years old I remember seeing girls and being like not all girls I remember one girl in particular and just being like she's so beautiful the light is shining out of her you know like really That's so cute I know but I know. so but you can ima- yeah what a creep right <laughs> but you can imagine how hard it is for me to like to try to get in the headspace where where what someone looks like doesn't matter although it makes me very shallow but it's just how I am you know yeah okay well is there a difference between pansexual and bisexual? Um, I don't really think there is, especially now as more people are defining their gender more fluidly. Um, it just depends on what you're more comfortable with, to be honest. Um, like I've gone between saying I'm pansexual or I'm bisexual. I mean, I don't think there is much of a difference, but like for people who don't know, I'm always tra- treating our imaginary listeners like they don't total dopes yeah total dopes it's like (laughs) pansexual it's like you're attracted to all possible genders because pan means all right literally translated from i thought it was like a goat guy who had like you know like goat legs it's mr tumnus mr tumnus (laughs) oh that's a pan that is a a pan the the satyr the god of sex or at least a demon of sex yeah and then by of course literally means two yeah uh but then obviously there's a movement away from defining bi as simply two and yeah it's interesting it depends who you talk to and everybody's got their own definitions so what what's yours i'm pan slash bisexual if they mean the same thing then i'm both Mm -hmm. if they mean different things then i'm probably pan but I shy from using labels and I don't know if that's because all the different terms confuse me or if maybe because I'm a little bit biphobic and actually I'll be the first to say I am a little bit biphobic. Because you think like, yeah. oh, people say they're bisexual but they're really just closeted biphobic? Um, or No, I think because, okay, I feel like homosexual people and heterosexual people have more in common <laughs> than either of them do with ba- 
pan, sorry, ban. Can you imagine I'm pansexual? <laughs> then, yeah, then bi or pansexual okay. because for both heterosexual and homosexual, gender is important. Because heterosexual is only attracted to the opposite sex, and because homosexual, homosexual is only attracted to the same sex. Mm -hmm. So sex is important, and it plays a big part in attraction to other people. Yeah. Whereas for bi slash pan slash both, mm -hmm. gender does not make up a big part of the attraction, and is less important, mm -hmm. and is less of a restriction which is objectively less shallow right i mean you can't like i have Wait, to, i don't know is it like i is think it, it is, is. It, if it's your nature can it be shallow well, that's true well we don't but do we choose our nature you know it's like i don't know but if it, exactly if it's not a choice maybe it's not i don't know i don't know i'm very much like uh, i will often hurt garrett's feelings uh, without realizing it because i'll just like randomly say oh i think that person's quite hot wait 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 um, that doesn't hurt my feelings no but if it's like someone that's quite ugly <laughs> oh you're, yeah like, that does hurt it makes feelings. you feel bad about yourself yeah, because you're like if you're into that person yeah that's true that's then. true that's like a policing thing in my head where it's like oh god am i the equivalent of of, of that person that you just it, yeah. no, it's usually like a, an aging hollywood actor who yeah. has got some kind of like like alcohol problem or something and like well that person is like a degraded relic of a human but i guess i'm the equivalent because they used to be no. a hollywood <laughs> obviously we're like no, no, no. insecurities are irrational mm -hmm. but what i want to know is where does the biphobia by your definition come in um well because i feel like as a bisexual and in my mind that means the same thing as pansexual yeah and probably i am but that's the thing like am i pan am i bi i don't know maybe i'm maybe it's the same maybe it Maybe for certain people it means very different things, and that's valid as well, because I guess it's, it's all, all very individual. complicated, you know. Right? But whatever. I like everybody. <laughs> there is I, I no think, bounds to my attraction. I think there's nothing. Call it what you want. There's nothing invalid about liking what you like. Yeah. There's something really weird in the modern era where people are threatened by other people's preferences, and it's like yeah. they don't affect you. Mm -hmm. you exactly. Know? They don't affect you. Yeah. Even if that person, even if it literally affects you because they don't like you, it still doesn't affect you because you don't get to decide if someone likes you. Yeah. They can be as straight as you like or as gay as you like, and if they don't find you attractive, you know, there, there was yeah. a, there was a thing on the internet like a couple of years ago where this this guy who's got a podcast and I don't like this podcast and I'm not going to say who it is, but um, anyway, <laughs> he was out with his girlfriend and they ran into a famous uh, author, children's author, I think, who used to be a famous child star. And she went on this rant on Twitter about how every woman she met at a party was always dating this troll guy who had a podcast like this guy. Not that I'm relating to this at all. Anyway. You're not <laughs> a troll. Before we had a podcast. This is ages ago. So, so like, um, and I just thought it was just so neurotic because she's policing somebody else's. It's like assuming that if that troll boyfriend wasn't there, suddenly the person she was talking to, A, would be interested would be interested in, in women in general and B, would be interested in her. It's like, it's, it's narcissism. Like, you can't, it doesn't bother me. If somebody's like, my orientation is fish, Okay, maybe that's weird, but I'm just but saying it, it doesn't weird? affect me. It doesn't affect me. Maybe that's a conversation yeah. for a whole other. No, no, no. Bring it, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on, fish well, lover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess like part of my biphobia comes from I've had lesbians tell me that because I'm bisexual, they won't consider dating me. Oh, that is, that makes them biphobic, not you. Yes, but then that also. It's internalized, I guess. Other people's opinions become internalized. Like my mother, my mother, who I know loves me, would much rather I dated a man than a woman. That's pretty conventional for mums, I think. My dad doesn't care. I mean, he, I've lived with a girl with him, like, and he's been super chill, funnily enough, uh, because 
well, only because he's actually the more conservative politically, and my mum's the more liberal politically. But then, actually, would would rather, and I know she'd much yeah, rather. Yeah, but she's your mum, so she probably relates to you in the way that your dad doesn't. You know, your you know, mums and daughters. There's the same with sons and fathers. There's a there's a uh, aspiration. My dreams go through you. You are the. Oh only, my god! I definitely know. feel that with my mum for yeah. sure, and that's why I've been a constant disappointment. <laughs> well, that no, means you're doing you, something mom. good if you're if you're a yeah. constant disappointment. It's oh, your mum is one of our listeners. Oh my god! Yeah. Hi. Mrs. Petunia. (laughs) (laughs) There's that from the homosexual community. And then from the heterosexual community, I feel like some people believe we might be in a phase or it's like, I don't know. I just don't feel like. That is so condescending. It is. I mean, what is life with a series of phases? You know, you're a baby, then you're an adult, then you're old. Like it's all phases. It's not like, oh, now I've plateaued and I'm full human. It's only when we're dating women that it's a phase. If we're dating men, it's not a fucking phase. Exactly. It's like, but if we date women, it's a fucking phase. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And then I don't know, I, I guess like, I think as well, and I don't know if this is a bad thing or a good thing, and it's not my place to say, but like I do think recently, like it has become a little bit trendy to be something other than heterosexual, and perhaps maybe a lot of curious people have been very quick to label themselves I as mean, you're, bi you're or pan. Literally, there's an acronym on the housing sites in Berlin. I'm, f- I'm forgetting what it is. I'll look it up later, but it's um, it's like. It's not LGBTQ plus or anything like that. It's a whole other acronym, and it means everything that isn't isn't straight men. It's Which like is queer. It, no, yeah, right. But they don't say queer. They say this other thing, and it's what it is. Is for like we want to live with and this. So it just means anyone that isn't this. Right. So there, there here. There's a whole like honor thing around like oh cool you're queer. It's like a whole thing. It's like in this city. In other places, it would make you maybe vulnerable. I guess you're vulnerable anywhere. But you know what I mean. There's a social honor to it. There's like a cool to it. But should but is that is I don't know is that. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know if it's fair to say that. But it's cool. I get that we've been, I get that people who are queer have been oppressed. Mm. And so and it's are usually cool, cool that we're not oppressed. <laughs> but is the pendulum swinging a bit too far the other way in which now we're going to say it's uncool to be heterosexual? I mean, what if you are? Like, what if you are heterosexual and that is nature and then what it's okay it's okay if it's like not trendy that's totally fine you know society lots of things come and go that you know but but it's just where people are like oh yeah everybody but you is okay that's where it gets it where they're literally gatekeeping yeah they're gatekeeping being a human and i I I totally get it there are a lot of really horrible there there are there is a lot of dicky people who are homophobic and shitty to gay and queer people Mm -hmm. so i completely get people having like this burden of trauma but I, there's a weird idea that like you had your time and now you don't get justice and equality by pushing for inequality and injustice. Right. It's like really yeah. simple. Yeah. yeah. This is reminding me actually the other week, me and Gareth, we were walking around uh, like Cottbus or Tour uh, in Kreuzberg in Berlin and we went to walk into a gay bar and we were like, oh, this, gar- <gasps> yeah. this bar looks really cool because they had like a disco ball and lights and stuff. <laughs> and me and Gareth are like golden retrievers. We're just attracted to like the shiny things. We're, <laughs> we like, like oh, the yeah. shiny things. We like the shiny things. Um, so we just like walk up to the door and there's a doorman and uh, he just stares at us and we're like, hi. And he's like, hello. And we're like, oh, we'd like to come in. And he was like, you do know it's a gay bar, right? And we were like... I said, that's okay. And he said, no, it's not. (laughs) I know. And then he's like, no couples. 
like that. Yeah, wow. no, he didn't even say it like that. He just went, um, actually, there's no couples tonight. Yeah, yeah. We were holding hands at the time. So yeah. First mistake. They were just like, straight couple, get the fuck out. And I was like... Which isn't even really that fair because... Yeah. And we haven't discussed your orientation, but you're not hetero. So like, exactly. you're also queer. You can't go by fucking appearances. Like, do you want me to wear a fucking like pink triangle for, for on all, my lapel? For all he knew, I mean, I could have been trans, right? But exactly. I, I think the well, yeah. I think the point there though was that whatever we were, we weren't what what they wanted. And that's I like I go back and forth because I'm like, yeah, people should be allowed to go to whatever weird universe they want to and be there with their other weird people. I know, you know what I mean. It, let's say it's a puppy play bar or something. They should be able to say, okay, you're not in puppy play gear, whatever. And if it's like a man on man, super hot and heavy gay sex zone, maybe it's okay to say go away. But it just it just felt weird because Berlin is often can be inclusive, but then often there's this. Okay, that's funny that you say that because what my first impression of Berlin is that. Uh, in a way it's inclusive, but only if you look a certain way and you act a certain way and your friends are a certain way and, you know, so is it really inclusive or is it just exclusivity, but a different brand of exclusivity? You know? I think that's human nature though, isn't it? I mean, we all... Is it? I, unfortunately, what I think... What the fuck it, is well, human nature anyway? Well, people are I mean, drawn to things that are cool. And what does cool mean? It's like, you're in and I, you're not. You know, I'm in, you're out. Everybody wants to get into the thing they can't get into, be it a, a club in college or a, a cool a job in Google, whatever it is. It's all about the special group, right? So we, we keep making them and we keep kick, kicking out everyone that's not quite whatever. Mm-hmm. See, interesting, because I don't really, I, I don't really get I don't really get it. And I, don't I feel get like it I'm not <laughs> in the world of like what's cool and what's not. I mean, for example, like my job is in disability care. Like I spend 24-7 with people who are otherwise ostracized from a society. Mm-hmm. And whether it's intentional or it's because certain train stations simply aren't accessible, like these people do not have the same opportunities for social inclusion that we able-bodied people do. And I fucking love my job. And I love my clients and to me they're fucking so cool. And so like this idea of like, you can't come in this club because you don't look a certain way is just so like, I, I can't, I really don't even, like I don't get it. I don't really get what cool is. Well that reaches, a, there's a whole other thing of there of like, you know, we're all cool and we're, we're whatever, we're this gender, that gender, this sexuality, but all of you are like, you know, able-bodied and probably white and probably, yeah. you know what I mean? Can I also say yeah. that like, as I know as a society collectively and globally, we are becoming a lot more progressive, but I do feel like the one of the groups that is constantly left behind are those who live with disability. Yeah, of course. Uh, whether it's um, intellectual or mental health or physical, I do feel like that is a, a big group of people that we don't, we simply don't talk about enough. Um, which is then, I guess, maybe also why I'm a little bit biphobic. Because people act like being bisexual is like this big fucking trauma. And I'm like, it's yeah. maybe, and again, and then I feel like an asshole Because like, maybe it hasn't been traumatic for me. And then maybe I don't even have the right to talk about it. Because I can pretend to be straight and fit in when I want to. Because I can, because I am bi. Well, one of the issues you know? with labels is that, like... Um, the problem is that once you have a label for something, you assume that, like, trauma applies to, let's say... Obviously, most people who are, say, trans, for example, have had pretty shitty things happen to them. And that's, like, real and true. But, like, if you pick up an individual person, you don't know what's happened to them. Right. Right? So, like, you know, most people who are, say, African-American, 
face racism but any individual person might have been raised in some kind of bubble of money and whatever yeah. like like Will Smith's kids or something adapted yeah. by Madonna or something or something yeah. and, and, and this is, I'm not trying to say anything about no, racism no, no. what I'm trying to what say Beyonce, is that Beyonce like Beyonce was quite privileged is my understanding okay I, I don't know anything better like, but I, I guess what I'm just trying to say is like um, these things are true in, in general but when you come to specific people you end up with these weird contradictions like nobody is less privileged than a homeless person of any race ethnicity I mean if you're homeless uh, you, your life is hell you know, maybe if you're very young and you're kind of like a gutter punk, it can be okay. But if you're like, you know, middle-aged or elderly, you've got health problems, mental health problems, right. physical, you literally live in hell. Like it couldn't yeah. be worse for you in most places in the world. And, and, but like these big kind of silly labels all seem pretty fucking ridiculous when you realize that we're all, any of us in the Western world, we like have enough to eat. Yeah. You know, we, we're not like terrified we're going to be sleeping outside tomorrow night. If, if that's true for you, you know, it's not that you can't complain, but you have to put it in context. Right. You know? And I feel like, yeah, I don't want to come across like an arsehole because I don't think I am an arsehole. I heard you were an arsehole. I heard okay, you were a huge thanks. arsehole. You heard it here first. <laughs> but like, I think trauma is relative. The worst thing that happened to you is not the worst thing that's happened to me. That's true. But it's yeah. still the worst thing that happened to either of us. Yeah. And, and one person can go through one thing. And like, it could be like a minor thing to them. And the same thing could happen to another person. And because of their state of mind or what happened to them before that or whatever, it's way worse. Yeah. So that you can't define these big things and have any kind of meaning for the individual. It's, it's meaningful. Like we can talk about poverty and stuff, but like when it comes to the individual person, their life is unique. It's really and like one it's person. It's the only thing they've ever known. Exactly, exactly. Like they we, can't. They haven't got any frame of reference apart from what's happened to unless them. Unless they're like one of those people that remembers their past lives and then you know, so yeah. it's all to play for. Like, may I ask a question? What happens if I need to top up my drink or smoke? Oh, a cigarette? I think we should we should do that right now. Let's do that. We'll Let's just we'll just pause it. Okay, so we, we took a little break there, but we're back. Petunia. Just dropped a bombshell on us during, okay. during our little cigarette and alcohol break. I did. Do you want to say that again? I mean, you don't have to. No, I've never had an orgasm. Dun, dun, dun. Beep. I so, I so feel like saying, well, you've come to the right place. Uh, <laughs> well, to the right place. But then I don't really know what it is. Like what I'm supposed to feel or like, I think, but I, okay, I feel like you guys might say that I would know if I've had one and therefore I probably haven't had yeah, one. Yeah, you really if would. if I had, then I would know. Yeah, I, I am one of those people that I, when I hear someone say that, I'm like, I oh, know, you would. You would. I mean, it, it could, it's very unlikely, but maybe you just can't. But it's much more likely that you just haven't. Maybe, but it's unlikely. How unlikely? Pretty unlikely. It can happen, but it's like super rare. It's probably just like that whatever it is that you need, you just haven't done yet. Yeah, I've never had a long term, like the longest term relationship I've had has been a year. Mm -hmm. That's pretty long. That's not is short. It? Yeah. Like long enough to have an orgasm? <laughs> That's definitely, I think, I think like a couple of weeks is long enough to have an Are orgasm. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so I got into masturbation very late in my life. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so what age were you? Um, like mid 20s. That oh, is that late. is hella late. That is yeah. late. Wow. Okay. I think I that is a key ingredient to because okay, yeah. not to sidetrack, but like when I was so I was very online when I was uh, like in my tween years. I, I remember I used to look up like all these websites of like how to masturbate because I was just so curious about it. And then once I figured it out for myself, I like was like an advocate for my friends when we were like 
14 to be like girls just go home do this is not you were the fab queen i was the fab queen i actually had a yeah i had a facebook group set up me and my um my female friends called the women's wankers club um i swear to god now we didn't like trade like like tips or anything or talk every about time it. we do this podcast on our new things about you the women's wankers, wankers club. club yeah wow. yeah, yeah. And is... like our our like male friends would try and join i'm like you're not yeah, allowed bet they would yeah exactly um but anyway I, I i do think that like i don't know to do it young it's it helps for it sure help. you're like laying down the the wiring it's a bad analogy but you are you're you're, yeah. you're burning that root into your brain mm-hmm. guys i've never masturbated until i was in my mid-20s wow okay i don't think there's any shame in that but i think it is it is it is sad that you haven't found a way to to come because it's not that it's sublime achievement of life but it's pretty it's a pretty big thing from for for people Mm -hmm. in general yeah yeah don't get me wrong i've definitely enjoyed sex and i definitely know what kind of sex i like what kind of sex i don't i've definitely had partners where the sexual chemistry has been extremely intense Mm -hmm. and uh Uh, conversely where maybe a physical attraction or a mental attraction has been there but not sexual Mm -hmm. and I think I do understand the difference but I do think the biggest obstacle has been with myself and my body and uh, yeah yeah I I feel like for for me even it can take like kind of a mental gymnastics thing sometimes where you're like you have to imagine yeah I have to imagine Oh, really? it, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's, that's just the creepiest person I could think of. He is creepy, he's right? So creepy. Like, there's stuff he's that's going to come out about him. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's apparently a bit of a nonce as well, but you know. That's just rumor. I'm actually going to have to beep his name out now because I called him a nonce. <laughs> oh, so did I. Beep. <laughs> um, but, but, like, I have to, like, uh, I feel like for myself, I have to kind of concentrate. Oh, no, I'm bad at that. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Okay, so I have ADHD. Um, I am officially diagnosed. And for those who don't know, um, there are two chemicals or hormones, I'm not a fucking biologist, that our brain produces that give us feelings of happiness. There is serotonin and there's dopamine. And so serotonin, and this is literally just my understanding of what I've read, so I'm please don't take my word for this, go and see your therapist. But uh, serotonin is responsible for feelings kind of calm and like things are good and like it's okay, like just a general sense of well-being. Whereas dopamine is rewards-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, where I got the problems for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, for example, people who might suffer from depression or who might live with something like bipolar disorder, uh, their brains, uh, they interpret serotonin differently to what is considered standard. Whereas people with ADHD, their brains process dopamine differently to what is considered standard. And now orgasm is releasing dopamine. Mm. And my brain... Oh, interesting. Right? Wait, hang on a second, though. Because not to, you know, a big side effect of a lot of, you know, antidepressants, and I would presume ADHD medications is anorgasmia. So if you're actively taking a medication for that, that could definitely be part of it. But then I had anorgasmia anyway. So like, what the fuck? That's true. (laughs) I need to just catch a break here. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're doing as well. Because like I found when I was like trying Mm. to masturbate when I was younger, like I just needed to like 
have like one orgasm and then I like kind of figured it out and I knew what that felt like and then I could like and so what I found was like using something that vibrated actually like once I did that and I came from that I was like okay I know what this feeling is now I can do it with my hands so I think it like I don't know I don't want to go too personal but like I've seen people like you know use like fucking the Hitachi magic wands and they're like coming like crazy and all this kind of stuff like you know are those or the Symbian or the Sibian yeah is it Sibian or Symbian I think it's Sibian the like fuck machines where you like the one Howard Stern used to have on his show he used to get people to come on his show and sit on it and they'd be like it's radio show but it was I guess people still enjoyed it yeah yeah so like I don't know if you've tried those but I feel like heavy vibration yeah I mean if the Hitachi wand is like I mean that's a that's a yeah. magical thing I mean we don't own one because it's too magical it's like you know it's like if there yeah. was a pocket pussy for guys that was just like better than a real vagina have you tried those things or um, I mean I've had vibrators like my the longest relationship I had was with a woman it was with the vibrator like, <laughs> no but we we had toys yeah. and like yeah but the best sex I ever had was with a man but actually amazingly he was quadriplegic Oh, interesting. And so he also, as a result of being quadriplegic, he had erectile dysfunction. So the best sex I've had was with a man, but like his dick was sort of out of the question. So like, mm-hmm. I don't want to emasculate pre- Took the pressure him, out of the whole situation. Well, I don't know, but that was definitely the closest I've been to an orgasm for sure. Yeah. But then it's like, if I've never had one, how do I even know if I'm close? Okay. I feel like when I have sex and it's really good, it's like there's this build and it's getting like more and more. And then And then it just kind of, but it doesn't feel like it goes bang. And I feel like everybody tells me it should be like more of a bang. Well, first of all. There's definitely a build. I want that on record. It's important to say that that's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. If you're enjoying it, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, I've had sex as a man with a dick at P and V sex where I've not come and I still had a great time because yeah. I wanted to make sure the girl came many yeah. times or or you know this classic thing where you fuck for too long and you can't come any it doesn't matter whatever the reason was maybe I was saving it up for later but I still enjoyed it I still hella and enjoyed I, yeah, it and I think yeah. you're right that is ultimately sex should be enjoyable absolutely and and you can come and it, it, it isn't necessarily enjoyable yeah. like you, as a guy you can jerk off in five minutes and just get it out of the way and it's like nothing or you can have another orgasm where it's like mm-hmm. built up over time and it's like amazing and it completely depends. And I'm definitely guilty yeah. of like focusing too much on the orgasm, which I think can take it away because I'm afraid that my partner will be like, oh Jesus, you're taking forever. Fucking yeah. hell, what's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah, and that's funny you say that because I feel like when I have new partners mm-hmm. and we want to talk about sex and it's like, uh, it's like I want to tell them that like maybe I haven't achieved this thing but then I know if I tell them that it's going to become like a goal and then a focus and then it might not, it might be counterproductive. Yeah, of then, course. And then yeah. they're like, I'm going to conquer it and it becomes like a, yeah. for a guy especially, they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to be the one who's going to sort that like, out. get real. Yeah. Yeah, which makes it even more pressure on you, right? Because now you're like, oh, I have to deal with this person's expectations. Yeah. Yeah, who wants that? On top of my own. Yeah. On top of my own. Exactly. But I'll tell you what, I first came to Berlin two years ago, only for a few weeks, but I was getting the ball rolling with sex therapy. And I actually now would like to return to my ambition to have sex therapy 
because I think it could be enormously beneficial. Anyway. Yeah, but it seems ridiculous on one hand that I should even that anybody should even need sex therapy because it's such a natural thing. I mean, we're all here because of sex, ultimately. Yeah, right? but our lives are not natural at all. We're sitting here in a building hundreds of feet above the ground, mm-hmm. in, in a city made of concrete. You know, drink, no, you're right. drinking things that have been kept in pipes for for yeah. months to make them more. It's just nothing like you nature. guys are from Ireland. I'm from Australia. We're right? in fucking Berlin. Like, when? How is that even natural? If God had His way, we would never have met. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah like the, what I understand is the sex therapy that I would have received and I did have one meeting with this therapist and it would have continued had it not been for COVID um, but our first session was about getting to know each other making sure I was comfortable talking and being physically present with this person and, I, and she was lovely and if it weren't for COVID I would have continued seeing her well you can you know you're back I know I know but now it's like fuck this thing but I think she her background was in hypnotherapy okay. and so it was like kind of talking and like I think she I think she wanted me to masturbate and like well not in the room I hope not with her but like just kind of and this is the weird thing because she said like do you spend a lot of time with your body and like I actually do like mm-hmm. I'm naked quite a lot like I'm comfortable with my naked body I've been a stripper I've I've sold the idea of sex with my naked form you know I'm ve- I'm very much an exhibitionist but that's not the same thing as being with your definitely body definitely not yeah. but like I for example will take time to like moisturize myself and I'm very much into my skincare and like I'm not that's exactly the same can thing can I just say as a guy I feel like we we, we kind of lost out on, on having that in our lives yeah. you know straight straight men yeah not skincare but like th- there is something it is it's very, it's a very much a female marketed yeah, phenomenon but I don't mean the products and services available to women in the skincare you know I mean I mean spending time with your body relaxing yeah. having a bubble bath having you know it is it, even just checking yourself out or just like yeah. I don't know like just appreciate well plenty of guys do that believe me but they're, oh, they're okay. you know <laughs> that's all I other stand corrected. <laughs> but I think it's it actually it's coming to me now that it's probably way more common that there's women such as yourself who have never had an orgasm before and we're not talking about it you know mm, yeah. if yeah. it wasn't under these circumstances or what a can close I, friend can I ask you a question you? actually yeah, of course, yeah. um, and feel free not to answer but have you lied about it to partners have you faked an orgasm um, maybe like when I was much 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 younger like in your early first kind of experience yeah for yeah. sure but at the same time like I don't know if it was me lying or if, to them more than it was me lying to myself right you were like putting two and two together making 22 you were like, try, just ah, trying to make time. something happen yeah. and you know, and I think definitely now, like, it's something I would ever lie about. Um, I'm actually quite open about it, which is cool. I don't feel like I'm any closer to getting there, mm-hmm. but I feel like at the very least, I'm much more open about being yeah. like, hey, I've never had an orgasm. Right. Like, what a fucking loser. No, no. don't say that. You're no, not but I kind of do feel like a bit of a loser you're, you're because, like, not a loser. No. But I, was gonna say I don't even really masturbate. Like, what the fuck That's, is that? But why would you masturbate if you're not going to come? So, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean you're a loser. It just means you're, like, sensible. It's yeah. like tickling your elbow. Like, why would you? And you know what? This is coming to me now that um, my uh, one of my girlfriends that I've had in the past, when we first got together, she had never had an orgasm with a partner. And it, um, sure enough, like the first time we had sex, which is actually the first time I ever had sex, um, I came and she didn't. Also, go me. Um, having an orgasm, <laughs> first time I had sex, great. Um, not the time to bring that up, sorry. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it took 
few like I'm pretty sure we were together a few weeks and I just like kept going down on her I just like kept well at for it. a few weeks like few solid weeks. you didn't take breaks or <laughs> no I didn't your I, mouth I, was hanging off you like I barely <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry I have to go I have something important right now it took a while for my speech to recover but yeah. it was worth it but there's something to that of like um I feel like it's very common um that I think most women experience is that they don't come right away with a partner as well. And so I think it's kind of in the same family in a sort in a certain way. Nine times out of 10, if I have a sex with someone for the first time, I probably won't come unless we're like at it for like hours, like really like, you know, I mean, concentrating on so it. Much pre- the first time you fuck someone, it's so, so high pressure. Mm-hmm. It's so high pressure. Like, how can I impress this person? Like, yeah. oh, have I drunk too much? Oh no. Like it's just, yeah. oh. so many things and in then, your head. You know, I was just thinking maybe this ties into my whole cuckolding thing mm-hmm. because it's like, I shouldn't deny my partner making somebody else Come. Oh, that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I actually, I feel like guys are in therapy. <laughs> yeah, therapy's the I best. Especially therapy. when you cry. It's the best ever. Oh my God. When you have oh, a I good love therapy crying. Cry. Oh, so oh. Good. In and out of therapy, I love crying. It's, <laughs> in and out of therapy. Yeah, in and out of therapy. I mean, it's just, it's just such a, it's like a, it's just the body's like, it's releasing something. Oh my God. Is that like orgasm? It's exactly the same. Feeling? It's just is like it crying really? out of your pussy. Fuck. <laughs> But I just find it so much easier to cry than I do to orgasm. Like, what the fuck? It's okay. I mean, I uh, same. I mean, I I feel like I cry pretty easily. You do. We, you cry a lot. We have like one difficult conversation, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's but it's not even usually. Usually, just cry because you're stressed or upset. Like you, you usually, like I'm like, are you okay? I had a hard day, and you're like crying. But it's yeah. very endearing, you know. And as 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 a bloke, as a bloke, as a Yorkshireman, <laughs> like when I see a lady crying, a lady. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm tip, tipping my fedora. Uh, like, I'm just like, oh, and I want to take care of it and make it okay. And, you know. Yeah. Do you want to confess a, a small little kink that you have? I mean, I don't think I have a kink related to crying specifically. No, you're not like, you know, getting out the Vicks and making sure like my eyes no, are No, but like- it, it, is, it is kind of hot, obviously, when a girl cries. I wouldn't call like that a kink. Like a damsel in distress. No. No, it's way more quick, creepier than that. It's more um, like, a, it's more just like vulnerable and like just like oh, yeah know. like okay. uh, for the context of like like once or twice we've like i don't know like been talking about something and i've like cried and uh, garrett's like fuck you're so beautiful you're so hot <laughs> but that's super common i feel like that's like a common reaction right it's like i think it's a you know you think most guys are like oh stop crying you ugly cow i don't think they're like getting a boner from the tears i don't know who knows Oh, no. Comment Guys, below. phone in. Yeah. One eight hundred phone in. Tell us, does crying give you a hard on? Yes or no? Hit us up in the DM. Have you never had an orgasm? Yes or no? But it's not general crying. Like if I see someone crying on the on the train, I'm not like, oh, so hot. Like yes. it's just that specific kind of like pretty girl who's upset is is really cute. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not in a like I want to make you upset so it's cute. <laughs> just like you know I want to make it okay and it's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. you know it's that thing. But um yeah anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we gotten so sidetracked. So you you mentioned that you worked as a stripper. I did mention that, and I did work as a stripper. So like, how did that happen, and what was it like for you, and was it cool, or was it terrible? I mean, what was it like? Cool. Okay, so it came about, uh, so when I was about 20, 21, um, some friends of mine had been strippers, and one of my friends, she said that the club she was working at had an opening for waitresses. 
And is that the, kind of just sorry? I'm no, interrupting no, 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 you. No. Is that like kind of a trick that they do to get people into stripping? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, they literally just needed waitresses, and I had at that point quite a bit of waitressing experience. I was in the industry, and so I was like, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll waitress at a strip club, and so that was my first experience in that sort of world, and I really it really changed my opinion. Because it, I had these ideas about what stripping was. And to be honest, I had a friend at that time, a different friend, who was a stripper. And I perhaps thought that was maybe not a great decision for her. Right, right. Um, and so I maybe had unfairly and very judgmental, well, because of my own experience, uh, ideas about what stripping was. Well, let's just lay out the cliches, you know, sure. that everybody's like a junkie, yeah. that they've all been like, um, had a really rough, horrible life mm -hmm. and that they're r running away from it, that the clubs are like run by creepy pimps, that the customers are all trying to fuck, I'm sure that's true, trying to fuck all the strippers mm -hmm. and that people are damaged and destroyed by it. Is that, does that about sum up the sort of cliches that we sort of... Pretty much, and that like the clubs take like a huge amount of like the take. Um, are any of those true? Are they all completely? absolutely? But I mean, if we look at any profession, some of those people have been traumatized. Some of those people have been sexually abused. Some of those people are running for in any profession. True, true. Um, but this is a sexual profession. It is yeah. sex work of a kind, you know. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, and so I started waitressing at the strip club, and it was one of the premier clubs in Sydney, where I'm from. And I still, at that point, never thought I would be the stripper, but I saw it and I understood it and I appreciated it as an art, as a business. I loved it. I thought the women were beautiful and really smart. And it was kind of sales and um, it was just, it was amazing. And it was still not something I thought I would do, but I enjoyed the environment for sure. You described yourself as an exhibitionist earlier. Do you think Absolutely. you were an exhibitionist before you did it or was that something that came out because of doing it? I, so I tell you what, like when I was a teenager, I had a very close group of girlfriends and we all went to one friend's house and she had this beautiful spa bath and mm -hmm. she was very relaxed and we were all very relaxed and we'd, we'd all take baths together and I'd be naked in front of my friends as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that kind of opened my eyes to being like, hey, she looks different. She looks good. I look different. I look kind of good. Like we all, but it's comfortable and it's mm -hmm. not sexual. I mean, yeah, in a way, but it was all about like, you know, small boobs, big boobs, curvy, tall, short, like whatever. But like, it's just, it's not even, you're not even really thinking about the body as a sexual thing. It was just like, it's just a body. Like, and I really think that that plays into the way I'm an exhibitionist, you know, now, because I just learned with my friends to kind of be okay with being naked around each other and yeah. not in a sexual context, but we're just taking a bath. Like, yeah, kind of like, like a why nudist not? sort like, why of. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Like, I've definitely done that. Well, uh, last time I had a, a bath with my friends, I think we're all on MDMA. Never mind, scratch that. No, but that's great but too. This is a, every, like I say, every time there's a new story, I haven't. Wait, which friends? <laughs> Obviously, the same ones that I was doing MDMA with. Right, in, right. At a the certain act, point the in actors, my life. The actor yeah, friends. Not those sense. specific. Like, oh, right, different, different actors. My peers, so okay. to speak. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I, I think I know what you mean. And I've had a similar exhibition kind of uh, experience in that I have a memory from when I was a kid. And um, I went into school one day and we were doing some kind of performance in like the hall, you know, and we had to get changed into these little like cowboy outfits. 
Um, and all, now this was primary school, so it was like totally innocent, no sexual thing to it. But I remember getting a thrill because I'd never been at one point in the classroom. We had to change into the costume, so we we're getting out of our uniform into our clothes. And like I'd never done that because I was only I was an only child. I wasn't used to being around like just people undressing and me like giggling just being like oh my god this is so funny <laughs> mm-hmm. but like getting like a little bit of a thrill of it of like just like it's a taboo thing and suddenly we're doing but it i think this yeah. is something that we have in common that we've talked about before where we both had like we were both kind of unusually sexual kind of as kids mm. not like fucking or anything no, like no. that but just we had like fucking <laughs> fucking but we, fucking. we we had inappropriate <laughs> kind of thought age inappropriate thoughts and feelings and stuff like that that mm. kind of set us apart but is it Sorry, this is like a whole other topic as well. Is it really age inappropriate if you just if that's just what you're thinking at that age? Like what culturally, age? culturally age. In my memory of that moment, it's not sexual. Okay. It was just like a little what I would describe as a little thrill where I was like, oh my god, we're doing something yeah. that we we don't normally yeah, do. Kind of not. So like like my friends and I would like wash each other's hair or just like we'd yeah. use new products. But this like... is this is another thing that I feel like because we're we still live in like super gender segregated society. Whatever people think, it's absolutely super gender segregated. And like that kind of that's not something like I remember as a teenage guy before I had ever dated a girl, having this like absence of touch, you know, really yeah. hungering for being touched. Because the only touch that you get is from your parents. And at a certain point, biologically, you're kind of squicked out by that. You're like, stop touching me. Because what you want is other people. And as a guy, you don't get that. Maybe if you're a rugby guy, <laughs> you know, you get something like that. It's a complicated world. Those kind of bro sports. But like a regular person that's not, you don't. You're just like starved of it. Yeah. So th- that's a really lovely thing that women have where they're like, you know, not like, it's not sexual even, but it's intimate. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. It's an intimacy without without being crass or like sexual and maybe that's bad that i like automatically align crass and sexuality but it's my own problem to figure out but do you know what i mean yeah, yeah it was just there was something very natural about it like it wasn't i guess it wasn't sexual but then maybe it was maybe that maybe that boundary's a bit more blurred i don't know oh yeah. yeah so i was a waitress for a while and that changed my opinion of stripping and then still didn't think it was for me i still didn't think i could be on that stage that's a I that's s- a scary bar to, to yeah. cross right yeah and i was happy with that that was fine then i traveled south america for a bit then when i got back to sydney and my funds were really draining i was like fuck i was like is there something i can do that'll make me a little bit of money in a short amount of time and i thought i could deal drugs or i could strip and one of them was legal Mm-hmm. And so I went with that option. And also arguably safer. I mean, if you want to deal drugs, you can do it and it's fine, but you probably won't make a lot of money unless you take a lot of risks. Yeah. Whereas stripping is legal, you know, you're good to go. Yeah. And so I was like, really like me? Like, it's not that I thought, I, I've never really thought like, wow, I'm like super unattractive or like, but, but the, the idea of me selling sex mm-hmm. or sex appeal was still so foreign. I was like, you know, when I when I do my hair a certain way, when I wear clothes I like or do my makeup, like I can feel myself. Mm-hmm. But can I sell sex appeal? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's super intimidating. Right. And like for me, I'm like not much of a mover. So the idea of like, like me neither. I'm uncoordinated as hell. I mean, I've never been much of a mover either. Yeah, like to do like um, I mean a pole, like maybe I could like figure something out. I'll, I'll do a routine. <laughs> but to do like a private dance. Yeah. But there is the whole. There's the other kind of thing. You know, the Jessica Rabbit thing, where it's just it's all about the standing there and kind of grad. You know, it's. And not it kind really. of is at the same time, right? So. Look, I was getting desperately low on funds and I really just wanted to build my savings up a little bit. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll be a stripper. And I went to a club and I applied and they got me in for an interview. And the interview was pretty good, actually. Like, I'll give them props for that. Um, we could ask any questions we had. They were very thorough it wasn't about what like, to expect. <laughs> sorry, I just want to interrupt for a second. The, no. every, every movie where somebody goes, is a guy mm. with a safe. It's always a small office in the back. He has yeah. a safe. He's, yeah. ca- he's counting the cash. And there's like a girl either giving him head or she's just kind of like lounging, yeah. kind of yeah. fucked up. And look, what I should say about that is like, I was privileged and fortunate enough to uh, work as a sex worker in Sydney where sex work, even prostitution is legal. And I understand- That's interesting because Australia is a conservative country, right? By and large, yes. But sex work is legal. Um, In fact, in certain states, prostitution might still be criminalized, but at least in New South Wales, it is legal. And that's, it's a fortunate thing. It's not every woman or anybody gets the same privilege in in places where it is still criminalized. So I just want to put that out there that like, I was lucky enough Mm -hmm. to explore that side of myself uh, legally. And like, did you have to do like an audition sort of thing, like the first no. time? So oh. the first audition, the first interview really was yeah. just that. It was just an interview. It was just like, this is what the job is. This is what you should expect. Do you have any questions? Do you know what that is? That's the crazy check. Because oh. I've been that soldier, not in a strip club, but in, you know, weird jobs where you're just like the first time you're just meeting the person. Like in the film industry, there are times where you're like, I need somebody just going to meet them. Usually an actor. Just want to see, first of all, if they turn up, they're on time, they're on something and they're you know crazy yeah. if they're none of those things you know but i know like that sounds flippant but like it's really true you can tell a lot just meeting somebody yeah tell a lot for sure especially an actor yeah this meeting this the club manager was very i really liked i she and she was a woman as well which i think kind of helped yeah, and absolutely. um yeah i just felt really positively about it so i was like yep cool i'll do it and i feel like stripping and by and large sex work in general is one of those things where Maybe you don't know if you'll enjoy it till you do it. So whatever, I put my name down. Yeah, I could totally imagine that you could yeah. do it. I mean, I did, I did a lot of like art modeling when I was doing my master's because I was poor as hell. Nude um, modeling. Nude, nude modeling. Yeah. They call it art modeling. But um, I fucking love that exhibitionist me. I, I, I found it very challenging. I found it very challenging because I'm not in love with my body or whatever, okay. but I did do it. Yeah. And, and that's it, great. But it's a, it's a big thing that first time you do it to go out. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's the same as stripping, but it's the first time you get naked in, in front way, of a crowd is. of people. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not, um, obviously it's like it's society perceives it completely differently, but there is a shared, you are naked for the strangers. Mm-hmm. You're physically uncomfortable for long periods of time, which I'm assuming happens during stripping as well. But isn't that funny? Like what ultimately, what is the difference between nude modeling and then being a stripper? Alcohol, and I yet, guess. Nude modeling is art and stripping is like I'm a demon, like I'm a yeah. whore, like I'm not I'm not a feminist. Yeah, exactly. And like if it's 
I don't know about a, a room full of women uh, sketching a male uh, nude model or something like that but like certainly I can imagine if like a sexy girl is naked and like just yeah. they're, they're getting off on it yeah. or, or they're like oh nice tits I you gotta know? say what, what made me able to do it was the fact that it, it was in this like it's called the Royal Hibernian um, in uh, I guess institute it's like old people basically old artists so that made it much less intimidating because sure. yeah sure there was old gay artists and they would draw my penis bigger than it is and stuff but but it wasn't like it wasn't nobody there was somebody that I would ever worry about that I would want to impress yeah so it made it way easier I got a text message on a Tuesday evening saying we are short on girls can you come and work tonight and I hadn't planned to start work at the club until the Saturday and it was the Tuesday and I got this text and I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. So I had my first shift at the club on a Tuesday fucking night. And I made $55. Wow. And it was really bad. Like, honestly, I felt like a fish out of water. I had to go on stage. I didn't know what I was doing. I looked and felt awkward. And this girl, she was like, hey, I'm Nala, are you new? And I was like, hey, Nala, I'm Effie, because that was my first fucking name. <gasps> From Skins. From Skins. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I love that. And she's like, hey, I'll, I'll kind of show you the robe. She's like, come and sit with me. Like, here's a guy having dinner by himself. Like, let's go sit with him. And we chatted with him for a good 10, 15 minutes. And he was like, look, I'm not going to go for a dance. That's not what I came for, but... Here's 50 each for your time. Oh, so yeah. And, That's and very sweet. I was kind of like, oh, okay. So it's, you know, it's a little bit personal and it's kind of about, you know what I mean? And yeah. so I left that shift with 55. I mean, it was a pity 50, but like, you know, and I kind of felt like, fuck, like I really did honestly feel like a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. And I called a friend of mine and I was like convinced maybe I shouldn't go back. And they were like, look, you planned to have your first shift on the Saturday, I would, I would still go on the Saturday. And so I thought about it and I was like, okay, well, what did I learn? And what I learned was I had done my makeup the way I liked to do my makeup. Mm-hmm. And I'd worn my favorite set of lingerie, but it was a set of lingerie I might wear any day. It was my favorite mm-hmm. and I thought it was sexy, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. You were being yourself and not playing a character. Exactly. (laughs) So in the five days between Tuesday and Saturday, I bought my first set of lingerie, which was for work and it was black and it was leather and it was strappy and it was very sexy. And it cost more than $55. Yes, it did. But it's not something that you just wear like every day. And then I, I used fake tan. I did much heavier makeup and I became a character. I became Effie. And, well, Evie, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> really is a product of its time. Right? And then I made, oh, sorry, I made 700 on the Saturday night. Holy oh. fucking yes. shit. 700? Yeah. Hey, what's that in real money? What's that, what's that in your, <laughs> what's 700 Australian uh, pseudo dollars? But keep, bear in mind, it was maybe a five or six hour shift. Right, so it's about 462 euros as of now, but like a few years ago. Yeah, be, that's a lot of money. And can I just say that every time you say shift, in, in Ireland, shift means kiss as well. So it just sounds like a five-hour shift. Oof, that's sore. You know, yeah. Your lips are falling off you. So it's not like you're working eight hours. It's like, it's a shorter shift. 
and the lingerie I'd bought paid for itself. And but more to the point, I enjoyed it. I didn't feel awkward. Mm-hmm. I actually felt really comfortable. Because you were a character. Uh, yeah, partly because I was a character, but also partly because I understood my audience. And I wasn't dressing sexy in the way that I feel sexy. I was understanding my audience and what they think is sexy. And I got it. And I just felt confident and I felt sassy and it felt, I felt comfortable playing this character, as you say. Um, and I loved it. And then I continued doing it. And then I made the money that I'd wanted to make within three months, but I was having such a good time. It continued for two years. And throughout the two years, I just learned so much and my, my name changed many times. The longest name I had was actually Darcy. Darcy, like Mr. Darcy. When I was a kid, or uh, there was a show on Nickelodeon about this like American like bimbo that goes to live <laughs> in the Outback. She goes to live in the Outback in Australia and her name is Darcy. I'm just saying, Weird. maybe. Maybe you saw been... it at some point. Maybe. I think it's literally brain. called like yeah. Darcy. Darcy the bimbo. But because I had done, because I'd been on TV as my real name previously, yeah. people often just were like, hey, are you Petunia? But this happened bef- after you had been on TV. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, and somebody just being like, this is my night, like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, are you Petunia? And I'm like, fuck, man, I can't lie to you. Like, we both know what's up. Did like, that yes, ever get out in any kind of way? That... No, but by the time I was stripping, like, I feel like any kind of fame I had or had long gone and, like, I mean, maybe it could be a scandal now. I don't know, but, like, it wasn't at the time and I wasn't worried about it. In fact, like I bumped into one of my dad's best friends one night. I've heard about this. This is a common thing that happens. Yeah, and it's a bit like, I won't say anything if you don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And we're all kind of deviants at the end of the day. This is, yeah. I'm so happy sister, to hear you say that. My sister and my cousin would wear wigs and come to the strip club <laughs> wear and like watch me dance. And like some <laughs> girls that I would meet would be like, hey, I kind of heard you're stripping. Like, what's it like? I've been thinking about it. And I'd say, I'm working on Saturday, come in. Well, it gives you a certain cachet. It's like being an artist or I don't know, being an NFT millionaire or something. People would be like, oh, I wonder what that shit. What yeah. do you do? But you know what stripping taught me? Like. I fucking cancel sex. I actually can be sexy. I can move my body in a way. And like, I was never great on the pole, but like, I learned not to ignore the pole. Like, yeah. you still play with it and you don't pretend like, exactly. Don't ignore the Just pole. Just do a little spin. You don't have to be upside down, but like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're men. They don't care. Like, this is something that like I find, always find funny because, like, you know, in movies now, in the Hollywood, because there is a fetish, in the same way that Pimp was fetishized a few years ago, mm-hmm. now kind of being a, a stripper and, and taking guys for all their worth is kind of fetish. Yeah, like, hustlers yeah. uh, jennifer lopez she studied for uh, she trained for for months yeah. to do uh, she, like to she do that does, pole thing at the yeah beginning. exactly she she does a dance to a uh, criminal by fiona apple and i always I, good choice. choice but i always want to say yeah guys don't give a fuck about that yeah. don't give a shit if you can do the full splits or if you can go upside down in the pole i mean enjoy yourself but that's yeah. there well okay now that said i have to admit i've been in a strip club like twice oh, shit. yeah tell, and tell. i don't i don't really get the appeal no, and that's fine. Like, to be honest, I don't really get the appeal either. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's it's like, it's kind of like going to a restaurant where they show you all the ingredients, they chop it up for you, they do the whole, you know, thing, and then they're like, okay, bye. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to go home and like have a hamburger. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, it, and not to be crass, but it's like a sexual thing that doesn't result in sex. And to me, that's like bewildering. Why yeah. you, How does actually not being involved in the sex get somebody off? But it does. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I suppose what you were describing conversations with people to try to get the dance. Yeah. Obviously, if you're like a lonely person, suddenly you go to the strip, maybe you're like a 60 year old guy, you go to the strip club and you can talk to a beautiful girl, you know, exactly. whatever, who would never in real life, how would you talk to her, you know, mm-hmm. before OnlyFans, which is and a whole other thing. I tell you what. The closest job I've had to stripping that's not been in the sex industry has been care work mm-hmm. because it's a taboo topic that we don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about disability and we don't want to talk about sex work. Um, there's a degree of discretion mm-hmm. um, about, about trust. Somebody's naked. Do you know what I mean? Nudity is involved. Yeah. My friend who's a care worker has, he, he started with elderly as people. Fuck. Yeah. And it's, you're washing them, you're cleaning them. Yes. They, you know, you're helping them go to the bathroom and, and it only gets more because now I think he works with younger people. So, it, you know, it's, there, there is, yeah, I mean, it's, you have to wipe away a lot of your, I mean, from what he said, wipe away a lot of your upset around bodies and around, you know, yeah. poo and. You and know. you see some weird shit. Yeah. I mean, there's weird shit. It's kind of weird, you know, and it's the most similar job I've had. However, as a care worker, I'm heralded by society and paid fuck all. And as a sex worker, I was demonized by society and made fucking mint. Like it just it's it's literally two sides of the same coin. But it's amazing how similar the work is. And it's being very gentle with people's feelings and well, you know, just to, vulnerability. There, and, there is another way of doing that work, which, which that's lovely to hear. Not that I'm trying to advocate for anything, but that, that you could be there, could be not be traumatized by it and be able to be a human while playing a character. But we had an experience here in Berlin where we went to a show that was a bunch of, you know, sex workers and strippers doing kind of like routines, telling stories, you know. Yeah. And there was, it, there was atmosphere was quite traumatized, I got to say. And now they were, a lot of them were, you know, full service sex workers and stuff. But it was a dark, dark evening. And the last story, one of the last stories, there was this kind of um, quite, quite large African-American woman who was telling a story. And I kind of laughed, you know, out of awkwardness at some moment in the story. And it wasn't a moment where she was like crying or anything. It was, you know, kind of something she was saying. And she stopped, looked at me. And I can't remember. Can you remember exactly what she did? Um, she was like, yeah, you in, uh, in the back with the glasses. I hear you laughing. I'll come find you after the show. Like, I'll fight you. Yeah, it was. And it, but it wasn't joking. It was like a really intense thing. And, and then she ironically, she came up after the show and just was like shaking everyone's hand. And she just nice as pie to me. Yeah. But my point is that everyone there was really, really like upsettingly damaged. And from it, the from the work. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that 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 is certainly a thing that exists. Absolutely. And again, disclaimer, I am fortunate enough that it's legal Mm -hmm. where where I was practicing. And also I didn't need to do it. I wasn't financially dependent on it. And I think that makes a big difference as well. Like you could walk away anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. Which gives you power. Yes. Yes. And you didn't have a kid. You weren't in college. No, 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 no. But I do understand that I was in a privileged position. Absolutely. And so I don't want to share my experiences like, wow, any, no. Everybody should do this. This is yeah. the best thing. You it's can... not for everybody. Yeah. And ultimately I walked away from it after two years because it wasn't for me either. It really wasn't like I learned everything and I don't, 
have a super favorable outlook on the industry. Okay, because it because you know to someone listening casually, it My would kind of like sound like you do. Yeah. So to- I had look, I had a great time, but I've also been a junkie. Mm-hmm. I've also been a care worker and earned minimum wage, and I've been a stripper, and I've earned, and I've been a fucking pop star. Like I've done. Do you know what well, I mean? Well, you know, like, you, you, you know what you myself. sound like. You sound like a writer. Oh really? When you say that, because the whole thing about writing is collecting experiences that you but later, that's kind of you what know. I do. And I put myself in these precarious positions and I, I wonder, like, how far can I push this envelope? Like, how far can I go until Do you think I that's an ADHD thing to kind of see the world as a thing to, to play with? rather Definitely. than yeah. Well, f- maybe. I mean, it just so happens that I feel that way and I have ADHD and perhaps the two are uh, cohesive and perhaps it's just a happy coincidence. But um, I never I've I've been in a fortunate position in which, as I said, I never relied on sex work for income because mm-hmm. I was as also a care worker. Mm-hmm. Yes, earning minimum wage. But I've been all sides of the spectrum. Do you know what I mean? I've also been a high school dropout. I started a law degree. Like, I, I've done it all. Not, I haven't done it all. There's a million <laughs> and one things I haven't done and I'd love to do, but I enjoy playing all yeah, these yeah, different yeah. parts Identities of I'm stuff. straight when I date men and I'm fucking lesbian when I date women and I'm, I'm really yeah. bi or my pan I don't know like yeah, yeah. but I can play all these different yeah, parts yeah. and I, you know it's it's exciting and it's I really feel like I've I don't know I just you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it do you know what yeah. I mean I, I, I relate a lot to that I, I think that's really admirable and I think it's a great way to live your life I mean mm-hmm. you're out traveling the world you're now in Berlin travel exactly yeah travel, travel the world um, in the seven seas everybody's <laughs> looking for someone look, not, yeah exactly <laughs> not everywhere mind but that's what a lot of the stripping was funding it was funding my travel for yeah. to different places and but it did it taught me okay I took so much good from it because I learned that yes, I can be sexy, but also more importantly, everybody can be sexy. Literally everybody in the strip club has sex appeal. It doesn't really matter how you look. It's about how you move in your body. And that's what I learned because I've had my own body hangups, of course, and I actually still have them. And it pains me as an almost 28 year old to admit that there are some parts of my body that I don't fully love and that maybe I wish I could change. I hate that because it feels so shallow. Yeah, but isn't it self-acceptance? Like, because, okay, so my gospel as a human is self-acceptance. I think that part of my disagreement with a lot of people today and their, you know, everything is breaking it down and criticizing, I think that you, you need to accept yourself and you can't accept yourself if you can't accept other people. And like accepting yourself ironically involves accepting the fact that you don't like everything about yourself of course you know and that's okay it's yeah, okay to go it is, oh, it is okay. i hate this part of my body i hate how i do this as long as you can sort of laugh at it and sort of be like chill with your lack of self-acceptance that's all you know it's like a, yeah. it's like non-dualism right it's yeah. it, if you fully accepted everything you'd be a psychopath you'd be wandering and murdering people. yeah absolutely so or a narcissist or a narcissist yeah. i was gonna get into this this is the part of stripping that i didn't like so in 2018, after like maybe a year, year and a half of being a stripper, I traveled America and I fucking rolled my ankle. And so when I got back to Sydney, I was still injured and I couldn't dance. But the club needed a receptionist and they said, would you like to? Obviously, you know the environment. And I was like, yeah, fuck, I'll, I'll be a receptionist. Now, I got to know the girls, the staff, the patrons in a very different way as a receptionist as to when I was a stripper. 
and it really changed my opinion of the work. So interesting. So how what what exactly happened and how did it change your opinion? Um well, I think when I was dancing, for me it was fun, it was informative, I was learning, I was challenging. You were myself. the center of attention. Yeah, and it was fun and I was being an exhibition, but it was all kind of in my opinion harmless, like in my opinion. Doesn't mean that it was harmless. But the way that I felt about it was that it was harmless. It was fun. Everybody's having a good time. It's a fucking party with naked chicks. Like, yeah. to love. And you're getting paid. You're getting cash in the hand. Right. That gratification yeah. at the end of the I'm shift. Boss. Yeah. I choose my shifts. The club needs me more than I need them. You know, it was a good position to be in. But when I was a receptionist and I kind of got to know p- people differently, what I realized is that, and this isn't for everybody, but in some ways sex work especially stripping uh financially rewards unfavorable human behavior so can you be specific narcissism Mm -hmm. vanity egoism hedonism and you know it's just so 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 like but yeah but to be really specific what what do you mean um like why the fuck should I get paid so much less to be a care worker? I'm doing I'm doing way more. Because you were society. you were getting paid less as the receptionist, I guess, a lot less. Um, the tips were good. I was getting paid uh, per hour rather than purely tips. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, and I don't want to, and I don't want to talk badly about anybody I met there because I don't fucking know anybody's story. But like, I think I don't mean to say that the girls saw me as a threat because I actually wasn't that good as a stripper. Let me tell you, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't fucking, you know what I mean? I wasn't Cardi B out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I got to know some of the girls better because I was then the receptionist and I wasn't a dancer and we were not competing for the same clients. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And So they so shared more of, with you or they were more like open with yeah, you? Yeah, they were more open with me and I got to just know them differently mm-hmm. and like... A lot of girls kind of were just a bit, it was just a bit vain and it was just a bit kind of going nowhere. And it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm hot and I can make money from my looks. And another part of me is like, maybe that's not a bad thing. But then, you know, the other side of me is like, but it is, it's rewarding vanity and it's rewarding narcissism. And it's, it's just rewarding just things that aren't great. And then, mm-hmm. but it's, and it's, I'm not just saying like, it's, well, normal it's like it's a fucking lot of money mm-hmm. yeah. ultimately just which is which is a very pretty. strange thing right you have all these people who are like mostly probably in their 20s i guess who yeah. get the most money and it's a ton of money it's it's like like you said the drug dealer was the comparison you give but it's like being a twitch streamer or something suddenly you're making an abnormal amount of money for this thing which is going to have an effect on how you treat people how you yeah. think of yourself and it's not just mm-hmm. anything it's you yeah it's some part of you or some version of you. That's a head fuck, right? Yeah. Um, and like, I, I kind of just soured the experience a little bit for me, you know? And like, I got to know the managers and like, even though it's legal in Sydney, any sex work is legal in, in Sydney, mm-hmm. it's still gangs and criminals that actually own the club and that yeah. actually profit the most. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just saw a different side of it. And it got me thinking like, I don't know, like, and I've had disagreements with best friends of mine who are strippers and love the fact to this day, no matter how long they've been out of the industry, they're so proud that they were strippers. But one of my really good friends, I love her to pieces. 
I really disagreed with something that she said about stripping. And so she enjoyed stripping because she felt that she could rip off men. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, number one, being proud to rip off anybody is a bit gross, no matter the context. And then like number two, like, why do you think you've ripped anybody off? He knows how much he's paying for the service. Yeah, he's a pay pick in some regards, right? right? Yeah. He knows he's paying for it. He knows he's not going to have sex with you, but he's still happy to pay however much it is for you to dance naked for him for half an hour. But like, why do you think you're you're not really ripping him off? Like he's willingly paying that unless you're stealing the money from his wallet while he's not looking, then I don't see that it's not a consensual transaction. Well, this is, this is the part that like about the whole, say OnlyFans, which is a separate topic, but that's that's the, that's the part about, about sex work becoming mainstreamized, which obviously is an issue. Yeah. So the the lack of stigma is great. The fact that people can be safer and control their income and all that stuff, that's all fantastic and get off the streets, all that evil shit that happens to people in the worst parts of sex work. That's all great that that doesn't happen in this new universe. But the bad part is that a lot of it is predicated on this idea that like, get your dollar dollar girl, you know, like they said, there's all over Berlin, there's this graffiti, fuck the patriarchy, but not for free. And it's like, it's such a hostile way of thinking about other human beings. Because you're valuing your own worth about how much you can make. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I just, I actually feel a bit disconnected from what I consider to be by and large the stripping community. And that's why I say like yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. a great stripper because yeah. I don't feel that the work is inherently feminist. I don't. I think anybody, any woman who chooses to do what they want to do for work and feels empowered, yes, that is feminist. But sex work by and large is not feminist because who is paying? Men because men are still paying the bills. It's not women that go to strip clubs. I mean, sure, like, yes, I've, some of the, the patrons I've had have been women, but by and large, it is men that are tipping me and we still pay, uh, pander okay. to the male That's gaze. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, it's still like... I still got in character mm-hmm. for men. For them. And, and, but then I feel ostracized for even saying this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of strippers, when I was a stripper at least, this is when Cardi B was on the up and up and she yeah. was very famous for, for having been a stripper and, and for stealing from people right literally literally right. dragging them and stealing. but i heard her song mm-hmm. what was it called kodak yellow or something yeah exactly was it called kodak yellow? yeah and all i understood from her lyrics is that she values herself because of how much money she makes mm-hmm. and i think that's shallow as fuck and i'm like that's not i'm sorry i don't identify with that brand of feminism and but then i feel like i'm the one that's not feminist because I'm the stripper who's almost anti-sex work in a way. But more, just being realist. I think right? obviously it's a it's a reframing that people need to uh, do for themselves to live in this next wave of feminism where it's like no, we have the power. We're but the do one we that's have taking... the power? As mm. long as men are mm. the main customers of strip clubs do we really have the power because are we not then still Mm -hmm. just doing what we're doing for men Mm -hmm. i'm sorry but until women make at least 50 percent of patrons in the strip club can we really say it's inherently feminist i don't know well i mean the the truth the truth is that the money comes from that imbalance right the fact that it's well paid is because you have a bunch of underfucked people, I would assume, going to live out this fantasy where they're seeing people that they presumably couldn't 
have sex with or don't usually have sex with performing for them dancing sure. for them mm-hmm. so so that fantasy is what you're selling and it, the value is the unattainability right, right? which yeah, i assume has to be there hunger to like oh god i need to see this beautiful yeah. thing you know and i think uh, you mm-hmm. know sometimes they, that's what they're looking for as a patron i don't know you can tell me but they're looking for this beautiful illusion and character you know that's going yeah. to I don't know, be beautiful and give them attention. Can, and, can I tell you my yeah. two little strip club stories? Yeah, please. They're, they're not yeah. very interesting. but they, So the first time I was, um, I think it was like 26, something like that. I was in America for the first time. I went with a friend to Vegas, uh, which is the worst place on earth. Never go. Uh, and, and I was walking down this place called Folsom Street, which is this the original Vegas strip, which they now have a, a roof on because Vegas is so much money. And they play this like crazy medley of Americana, jets flying over, eagles, machine guns, literally like it's every cliche. And uh, there was a biker convention and they were like, fuck yeah, as they played the Star Spangled Banner. And and some somebody was like, I was drinking a football full of beer. I was pretty pissed, uh, drunk for Americans. Uh, and, and somebody was like, hey, come in this club. And I was like, okay. And I wandered in. They kind of put me, they, they maneuvered me in and sat me down. I didn't see anything. I just saw a foot. And they were like, do you want a drink? And I was like, I have this beer. And they're like, you have to buy a drink. And I was like, I'm not buying a drink. And then they threw me out. So I didn't see anything. So that was my one ex- no, experience number one. Just saw, saw a foot. And experience number two, I was on a lads trip with, with this guy, friends of mine, one of whom is like a real lad. Uh, he uh, he was like, let's go to this club. And we were in um, the UK. And I think it was in Bristol. There was this place called Urban Tiger, uh, which is a really trashy, exactly the opposite of what you're talking about. And we went in. And that was different. It was kind of sad because it was, you know, kind of Tuesday night, whatever vibe. I don't know what night it was. But, oh, I know the Tuesday night vibes. Yeah. It was a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit overlit. Yeah. And, the, you know, <laughs> there was a little bit kind of, you know, the, the strippers knew they weren't going to make a ton of money. And they were kind of coming over and just chatting to us. But I did get a, a couple of lap dances. And that was super hot for that moment. Well, you know, it, the term is lap dance. They weren't in my lap. They were dancing in front of me, you know, two, two girls together or whatever. And it was really hot. But it did. I was kind of like, well, now what? You know, and it was it was I sort of realized, like, for me, at least that's like such a an unhealthy place in my head because it makes me feel it's kind of like the other side of what you're talking about. Like if the men are paying for everything, but at the same time, the value is the women who are these unattainable creatures who you could. Oh, you can't even imagine, but you get to pay to see. So it may put me in this really fucked up place in my head because I was like, I'm less than. And this is a thing that I'm only enjoying because I've got the money to, well, actually someone else paid. <laughs> but, but still, like, yeah, there is that, like, uh, for, it depends on the club, but unsolvable solution that the person's suddenly really horny and what do they do? I mean, like, I don't know, there's probably toilets to go and wank in the toilets I'm sure or lots something. of, lots of like, clubs that are less reputable, it just becomes a kind of sex work, right? Where it's like, yeah, they're kind of yeah. literal. And ultimately it's up to the woman as well. Like, I mean, the woman can take the business outside. And again, if she's empowered, yes, it is feminist, but I think by and large, it's not, I don't know. I just think, and that's just because I've had a certain experience. I'm not saying every ship club's the same. I'm not saying every sex worker feels the same way, nor should they need to. It's a very individual thing. Um, but is it not, is it a bit unsavory? I don't know, like. What is, what is unsavory? If you mean? left yeah. not feeling great, mm-hmm. then, then maybe the job wasn't done very well. I don't know. Well, no, I, I think the reason, I, I mean, like I say, I enjoyed that like 15 seconds or whatever, you know, the five minutes of that. Uh, but I ultimately did feel like 
the commodification of this interaction makes me feel really bad. Not because I'm like, oh, you know, this shouldn't be about money, but just because it's like you're very literally in a situation where you're paying for someone's attention and that does not sit well with me, not on a political level, but as a person. Like for me, the most, the thing that turns me on is to be like liked, to be adored, to be, mm -hmm. to have a mutual attraction. And when you're conjuring a false attraction for money, it just feels like, to, it's like the opposite of me. I'm the, whatever the opposite of a cook is, that's me, to where I want the opposite of that. I absolutely yeah. do not want that. I want the person to really like me and be yeah. super into me. And it just felt like, well, the pretense is great, but it just makes me feel really sad that it's not real. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I can get that for sure. Yeah. I can see how it could be empowering if you're giving a private dance to someone and you're like I fucking loved it yeah you have it the was person empowering for me this is what yeah. I'm saying but there's a flip side of the coin I'm sorry mm -hmm. no but like yeah I, I can imagine the idea of like having someone you know just looking at you and you have them around your little finger and you know they paid all this money and it's up to you now you know uh, yeah but I mean, clearly people like show. it I don't, I don't mean to judge any, whatever anybody wants but no, just for no. me it's same as OnlyFans it's like why would you pay somebody to pretend that they have a relationship with you? It just seems really grim. Okay, OnlyFans. Okay, let's scoot in on the mic there. You're... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a bit shy. Um, OnlyFans. Okay, again, I I am speaking as somebody who's never had an OnlyFans account. Mm -hmm. I have been a sex worker, but I've never had OnlyFans. Friends of mine have. I understand a little bit about it. Um, so that's my perspective um only fans well there is something to be said about making certain forms of sex work more accessible and i think that's what only fans has done i think it's made sex work super accessible for lots of different people um you don't have to leave your house to access certain content you don't have to you leave could your live, house you could live in the middle of nowhere exactly to make certain content I think the industry is oversaturated. And while on one hand, that's great for lessening the stigma, I think um, sex workers would probably say, and I don't really call myself a sex worker because I always kind of felt like I was just visiting in a way, mm -hmm. but there were, there are amazing women like who are career sex workers and they are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I think they're earning less because things like OnlyFans are becoming more popular. It's like the more the more accessible it becomes, it's like it's like the market share increase. What am I trying to say? I know what you're saying. I feel saying. like I'm trying to say the market, there's more fish in the market. The value of pussy has gone down. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a free market. It's capitalism, you know? It's every man for themselves. And it's, it's always going to shift. Kind of agree with you. Maybe it should be a free market. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's even, we can even discuss whether it should or shouldn't be. It just is. It just is. That's a really good point. It's it's just, it just is. And it's like, in a, in a way, I mean, if everybody was... But it's kind of fucking boring. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to hate on anyone who has OnlyFans, but like, it's kind of fucking lazy if you ask me. <laughs> it's and a ripoff. I mean, I'm shocked at how, we've talked about this before. I'm shocked at how it works. Like you pay to be someone's OnlyFan and then you also pay again for all the videos each time. I'm like, why would you sign up for that? And what you're really paying for is this, you know, people pay to send messages as well. So you're paying for this, uh, what's the term? Um, 
the relation the term about relationship fake relationships that people use like a the girlfriend experience no no it's like well, like an imaginary relationship with someone um, like with a TV character or anyway but you're you're paying to have this fake relationship parasocial parasocial that's the one I was looking for that's a good word it's a great word yeah, yeah. we've got compersion and parasocial for today is there too but like you're paying for this dream that this person gives the smallest of shits about you mm-hmm. and to me that's like I mean, it's not exploitative because people choose to pay it right of course um, and people choose to do it they're adults they have the free will to do it but there is something that's just really sad about it because like we all need love and we all need to feel sexy and we all need sexual most of us unless we're like have no sexual desire we all need sexual experiences or at least and but but you're paying to live a fantasy where this person gives a shit about you and to me that just feels really sad and that's my own stuff but that's just how it feels for me that's interesting i never kind of fuck i'm really bad with this whole like i've got a microphone in front of me thing (laughs) i never I've never considered it that way. Um, how do you feel about it? Um, I feel like, just to play devil's ad- mm-hmm. advocate for a moment, I mean, um, you could feel that way watching TV and like suddenly getting attachment to a certain character or like a movie star if you fancy someone. Like there's certain things that we do to escape into fictional scenarios. Sure, and it's voluntary. Nobody time. has to pay for it. But would they pay for it if they were in a healthy place emotionally? I don't know. But is that anybody else's responsibility but themselves? Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it should be banned or they shouldn't be allowed to. I'm just saying that it, I just don't know. I think, look, don't get me wrong. I kind of, do I think, it, I don't know if I think it's sad. Like on one hand, I'm like, yeah, fucking go girl, make your money. But I kind of, I think, okay, I think what I think is sad is that it's becoming almost aspirational. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like it's like being an influencer. It's fucking boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually it's fucking boring. boring. And it's also when you influencer is a gross word. What that is someone who influences. What are you influencing? Well, like you're influ- literally you're selling goods and exactly. services to, yes. to kids usually. So the idea that you would want to be an influencer, I mean it's it's so Orwellian. It's mm-hmm. fucking the idea that you'd want to be a massive content creator on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I just and I don't want to put anybody down. Like, I really don't. Like, I'm all for do what you want to do. Like, like life is short. It is. It is. You know, ca- we live in a capitalist society. And we'll be dead forever. And money on OnlyFans. Yeah. It. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you know, there's a famous, like, Irish uh, OnlyFans girl. She makes hella money. She's, like, crazy. She's, like, a millionaire. And she has two houses in Turkey. She's just after taking her family on, like, a 10 grand trip to, like, Orlando, Florida. And, like, going to all the music parks and stuff. And I'm, like, even though I think she's a dope, like, just her personality, I don't have a problem with what she does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I feel like this is such a massive topic as well because what comes with sex work, you know, what com- you know, if it's getting filmed that shit is going to be out there forever and there's like yeah. tons of mega drive links of but it, like but it, I think it matters less stuff. as these things are destigmatized it's out there forever we all have nudes it doesn't but, but you yeah, know yeah, I'll tell yeah. you what, I, what what worries me about it if we're going to go sociological yeah. it's like if you're coming up now and you're a kid and you see that world mm-hmm. well how do you see relationships right because every relationship is a person that could be paying you for your time that isn't so they're, are they like a freeloader? You know, you could easily get into that mental state to where you see people purely transactionally. And we have a name for that. That's a psychopath, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying it would make you a psychopath, but I'm just saying that if you can't... Again, it's, it's encouraging. Yeah. Or not even encouraging. It's, it's financially rewarding. 
Yeah. Which is my issue with stripping. Treating it's financially people like a, rewarding. Like a resource that you can yeah. exploit. Or like, like a thing to be looked at, you know. Which I guess is the old kind of second wave feminist thing of like women yeah. shouldn't be gazed at by the which which is trite but but there is something too like if we can relate to each other as people it's a lot we're going to be a lot happier you know yeah look honestly my experience in sex work has made me question whether or not I'm actually a feminist mm-hmm. because I feel like I am because I believe that that feminism simply means equality of all genders of all sexes. But but then I just I just don't know. Like my experience in sex work makes me feel like maybe I'm not a feminist because I'm not adhering to their brand of feminism. It's fair. There's, I feel like there's a in, with OnlyFans and with any kind of sex work. Like there's a lot of mixed messages in a way, and it's hard to. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think the current like uh, narrative is like, yeah, you do, you girl, mm. you know, get your coin, that kind of thing. <laughs> but like, coin. but why? <laughs> why? You do you, girl, get your coin. Are we, are we not worth more than what we can make? Mm-hmm. Like, is life not more important than how much money we have? And, like, like, good for this girl that you said can take her family and has two houses in Turkey, but, like... Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to think she's fucking fantastic because she can own multiple property? Because that makes me feel like a fucking capitalist. I don't want to feel like a capitalist. But so I was gonna gonna say, like, we live in a weird time where, like, people, some people, most people, can like a couple of months without with their job, and you're like, you know, really, really in danger. Even in the West, right? And then other people are like, I'm gonna move to Mars. You know, the the inequality is mental. It's crazy, and it's always been bad, but it's leagues beyond what it was it's so extreme. it changes everything it's so extreme people are jumping to these uh you know careers that maybe they wouldn't have yeah. well it's, it's one of the things about the internet right because if you hypothetically we could release a thing i don't know a, a podcast a video game a t-shirt and it would sell like you know a fuck ton and we would suddenly have all this money and you can you can suddenly make loads of money so so the the possibility being there that you can make crazy different universe money is there for all of us and we compare ourselves inevitably with the people that do do that and then you think well how much should i commodify myself what have i got to sell i'll only be you know desirable for so long or whatever it it just it's a whole suddenly everything's on the market our housing is like owned by mega corporations that own a million apartments you know and and are you going to play play in that game or are you going to say well i need to survive but that that game it makes me less than a person makes me a product like that's the question right yeah that's creepy, man. It can be creepy. <laughs> I think we should maybe on that sexy note, should we we call a halt to it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> that, very unsexy. We can pick up uh, OnlyFans is like a massive topic, yes. and like where I'm kind of interested. Maybe we can do like a one-on-one mm. in the future uh, that people can look forward to. Is the idea <laughs> of like you know if you're in a monogamous relationship, man, woman, whatever, and the uh, you know one of them has an OnlyFans right, and maybe right. is DMing like a or, sex or worker. has their own OnlyFans account and is selling their attention yeah so you can look forward to that at a later date can i just say this is definitely the best show so far and that's all oh, thanks to you mm-hmm. guys to... i've had a great time oh, i'm sorry no 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 <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> not to pit the other guests but uh, <laughs> against each other but yeah no this was really great and yeah you're just like a a well of experience and you're so articulate and enthusiastic and yeah. as i said i dropped out of high school <laughs> <laughs> And I, you know, I beat myself about that a lot, but, you know, it's experience and it's life and Mm -hmm. you have to just put yourself out there and really see, like, I've been the stripper and I've been the whatever, but it's true. Like, everybody, 
if you're ever feeling low, take drugs, <laughs> drop out of school, <laughs> and go work in a fucking strip club. It'll change your life. This is a junior. On Everybody Wants to Be Loved. Everybody Wants to Love You. Everybody Wants to Love You. And you know, there is something very important that we need to do as soon as possible. What's that? Fuck. Well, I ask a psychopath, I get that kind of an answer.